Sports Radio 104.3 The Fan. Every Saturday morning, it's Terry Wickstrom Outdoors. Terry takes you inside the outdoors. You know, hunting, fishing, camping. It's Terry Wickstrom Outdoors. Now, celebrating 20 years of bringing the outdoors to Colorado radio, here's Terry Wickstrom. All right, we are back, and Terry Wickstrom Outdoors is brought to you in part by Honey Smoke Fish Company Smoked Salmon. The secret is in the fire. We're going to tell you more about that later in this hour, too, because that's good stuff. But speaking of good stuff, let's go right to the phones. And joining us, one of our favorite contributors, and it's just always so hard for me to compliment him, but I can't help it, Nate Zielinski. Good morning, Nate. Good morning, Terry. How are you today? It's really like afternoon in my world, but uh, I appreciate well, it's, it. It's kind of like when I'm looking for wine. It's always 5 o'clock somewhere. Exactly. <laughs> I am I am on the water doing some lake trout fishing. I'm sitting here watching uh, watching my guests here uh, miss some fish. I'm very disappointed in them right now. Oh, yeah. Who is your guest? I got Mr. Vaughn Peterson on the boat. I got his lovely bride, Susan. I got my wife, Mandy. We're all having a little family double date here at Lake Trout. All, well, tell Vaughn, tell Vaughn I said hi. I will do that. that. And that we're actually going to talk about him in the the Colorado Clays segment because we're going to try to fill those last couple spots of that tournament. And I believe you're fishing in that tournament along with Vaughn. I'm going to, absolutely. And, of course, Vaughn is the manager of the... to, To that event. And Vaughn is the manager of the Bass Pro Shops here in Denver, so yep. we always one of our favorite people. But you're out lake trout fishing. You know, you sent me. We've been talking so much walleyes, and I know you fish a ton of trout. But when you sent your topic to Karen that you're going to talk trout fishing, my first response was, "What does he know about trout?" But, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's but that time of year, we get it every year. You know, it's where you you hit that mid-May. Almost all the the rainbows and all that are done spawning and post spawning, and that one hits that magical. 50 to 55 degrees. Now, when it does that, the trout of all species, rainbows, browns, cutthroats, lake trout, everything seems to be on fire right now. So, uh, I mean, just fishing in general. The pike are going strong. Walleye are going strong. It's that uh, it's kind of that official point of spring to where fishing is just flat out good. Uh, but with that being said, right now is probably the two-week season, the last two weeks of May, where, in my opinion, it's probably the best you know, trout fishing of the entire year. For again, for lake trout, for rainbows, um, you know, high fish fish are very uh, you know, super active in that colder water. It's just a time to uh, to get out and catch some trout uh, you know, through that angler. It really is because, as you and I both know, it's where the warm water species are taking off. They're starting to peak. They'll probably peak in June, and then the tactics will change again, and they'll go into a warm water summer pattern. The trout right now, you hit it right on the nose. We've got ice out cold water yet. Uh, front range is still good, but the mountains are really where it's at, I would think, for the trout right now. And that water's cold. They're close to shore, and it's a good time for people both with a boat and without a boat, Nate. Exactly, Terry. That, that's a great peak. You know, we uh, like so. Let's start with rainbows, for example. So, you know, right now again, they're they're getting to that post spawn. I would say almost everywhere they're 100 percent wrapped up. Um, you know, we have a few mingling fish at Antero that are just kind of you know in that first week of post spawn, so they're just now starting to get pretty active. Uh, but regardless, I would say most of your rainbows right now are in less than 10 feet of water. So whether you're a boat angler or you have the availability of fishing from shore, uh, those fish are are vulnerable to you. And really, the nice thing. 
is this time of year we're catching them all practice. Like I was doing a guide trip the other day, and I asked them, hey, you know, what's your what's your business technique for team? What's your least favorite? We kind of worked on a lot of that stuff because normally, you know, throughout the year you have one or two techniques that catches them. But right now, you know, we're catching them on two gigs. We're catching them on spoons. We're catching them on flies. We're catching them on jigs. Um, I mean, the, it really it's an endless opportunity of how to catch these fish, which is nice because you can build a lot of technique qualities in a guide trip. And more importantly, you can really, you know, kind of specify and break down the, the trout population, just target bigger fish and have some incredible days on the water. Um, we're having a lot of 70 to 100 fish days right now on big rainbows, uh, which is hard to beat. I mean, they're big, hard fighting fish, uh, doing a lot of stuff at Antonio, doing a lot of stuff at Spinney. Um, and it's just, it's just a great bite. And again, whether you're uh, from shore or from a boat, you have the almost the exact same opportunities. Well, and you know, you you hit on something that you and I harp on over and over, both and you know your guide trips, our appearances on this radio show, and my columns. And that's the fact that when this hot bite is going on, that's the time to do other types of presentations because so often people they try to change up when they're not catching fish, and they do something they have no confidence with, they haven't fished, they don't even really understand the nuances of it. You do it now, and you catch a few fish, and you get the techniques down, and you're going to fish it longer and right because you're going to have so much more confidence when you need it. Absolutely. You have more tools for the tool belt. That's the exact way to think about it. You know, and with that, the, the fly rod bike, too, I think is hot. You know, as we, we preach this every year, and, you know, you have anglers, there's no doubt about it. You always have anglers that are, that are born and raised, and they're never going to leave the river. You know, rivers and streams is their thing, and that's where they fish. But for the angler that is open to suggestions, when right now, when these rivers start to get dirty, when runoff starts to hit, when we start getting, you know, changes in the rivers to where they're not as productive, you know, we talk about still on flights all the time, but that right now is a bite that just cannot be beat. Again, you know, you look at all the South Park Lakes, you look at all the North Park Lakes, but you literally do a walking wade trip on Stillwater right now, and it it would it would blow your mind. More than likely, I'd be willing to take the bet that you're going to probably catch more and bigger fish than almost any day that you're going to catch on that river, just because our fish are gathered uh, so much tighter, and they're just a lot of times in certain situations just some bigger fish. Um, so we always are preaching that right now because we're getting a lot of calls for that. As you know, people are planning their river trips and the rivers are getting blown out. Um, you know, still water fly fishing is an opportunity that people haven't done it. Uh, number one, again, a lot of action, a lot of big fish, but two, it's also a great uh, setup for beginners. You're not dealing with moving water. You're not dealing with you know trees and bushes in the backdrop. It's a very user-friendly atmosphere with a lot of big fish and a lot of action. Yeah, no, I couldn't agree more. And, you know, I think a lot of, like you mentioned, even experienced river anglers, they get intimidated by still water because if you're fishing on the river, you know where the current is positioning the fish and you get, you let the current make your presentation. So now you've got to find a way to make that presentation to come alive and visualize it yourself. But more than anything, you've got to try to figure out where the fish are located. And a time of the year like this, when they are bunched up shallow, is a time when you can really get some confidence confidence in still water fishing and you're right the rivers are going to be blowing out for a while although it's not as bad a runoff as we've had in some other years i don't know i shouldn't say bad but it isn't going to be as intense and but still water fishing some of my favorite fly fishing is still water um when you do the still water fly fishing now you can do caramonids and you can do you can do some mayfly caddises and different bugs but boy i i do a lot especially this time of the year i do a lot of streamers and big bugs this time of the year what do you do 
Well, also, I break down two things. I almost start off the day almost every day with streamers. Um, we're throwing a lot of uh, a lot of blacks. So whether we're imitating a minnow or imitating a leech, it's in a lot of these lakes. Those leeches just emerged. They just kind of came out. So the leech bite is hot. So we throw a little black streamers to imitate a, a variety of different bugs. Um, so that's a hot bite first thing in the morning. And as the morning goes on, we switch up to indicator fishing. And I almost always, in all of our lakes, we're heavy on a freshwater shrimp base. So almost all of my daily bites, I'm fishing a... Uh, I'm fishing a scud on my bottom and a chronomid on my top. Uh, you know, right now, basically, we're uh, uh, two weeks into the, basically the big midge hatch of the year. Um, so those two in combination between the scud and the chronomid, you really cannot lose. I mean, those bites are going to absolutely produce fish in almost any situation. And it's nice because, again, not, not to, to harp on the river like we do sometimes, but a lot of times you have to be fairly flawless with, you know, your exact fly and the stages of that fly as to where the stillwater fish just aren't quite as picky um you know so you basically put down i mean you know in a scud factory you have basically three colors a tan and olive and orange you know you make those decisions put on a you know a slight variation of a chronomage and more than likely you're going to start catching fish you can kind of change up just slightly tactic after you start catching fish but uh it's a very simple approach you know you can have two or three flies um get on the water and catch fish uh and again just have a little bit of confidence with maybe less gear than normal now if you're like at spinny or 11 mile has there been kind of a starting depth? Because that's another place where some of the fly fishermen struggle. When you're doing that still water under an indicator, you got to be adjusting that depth sometimes till you find the fish. You said they're, what, in about a 10-foot range? Yeah, yeah. So 10 foot or less, I would say, is the depth. So if I was going to, I have multiple options there. So anytime that I'm going to be, let's say, especially from shore, if I'm wading, uh, I'm going to look for, for anywhere where I have a lot of vegetation. So you're looking for heavy vegetation, and then you're looking for little deep water pockets near that vegetation. So a lot of situations, I'm really looking for, you know, a point extruding out into the lake where I might have weeds around and then a point creating a little drop off or a little channel. Um, areas like that. But if I'm from shore, I'll probably wade in the water, maybe, you know, two and a half to three feet, waist high, um, you know, so I'm more than likely going to be casting in probably six to seven feet of water. Put those flies down four to five feet, and you're going to be in the fish. I'm trying to put my flies in the bottom half of the water column, so no matter what depth I'm in, if I'm in five foot, I want my flies down there three and a half to four feet. You know, if I'm in ten foot, I want my flies down there, you know, seven foot-ish. Um, so getting yourself in definitely the bottom half or the bottom third of that water column um, is going to be key. You know, I'm using a fairly good size indicator just so I can see it, and then and I'm tying all my flies with a loop knot. So instead of tying direct, I tie a loop knot on there. Uh, a lot of times you'll have just subtle wave action. When you have those loop knots on there, as that indicator just kind of rolls in real subtle waves, you get a ton of movement on those flies, um, and you're in the fish, you know, very much all day. I'd say the peak of the bite's probably running 9 a.m. to 3 p.m. on a fly rod. Um, but again, if you're willing to throw those streamers and stuff, you can get out there at first five to 6 a.m. Um, and have no issues catching fish. Uh, and then on top of all the rainbow stuff, I know we're kind of running short on time, um, but the other half of right now is we talk about lake trout. Um, you know, any time that you're dealing with ice off, obviously a lake trout is a very ferocious predator. Um, but these fish move shallow this time of year, so we always talk about that because I think so many lake trout are intimidating by the concept of fishing in July when you're in 60, 80, 100 foot of water. Um, you know, it's hard to get down there to touch the fish. It's hard to feel a bite. You're always worried about releasing the fish in the deep of water. Um, but this time of year, you have fish in 
five and 10 feet of water and 20 feet of water. You have very shallow fish. And anytime you have those shallow fish, it just ups the opportunity of technique. You can troll for these fish. You can cast for these fish. There's just a wide variety of techniques that are conducive to that shallow water fishing. And the overall aggressiveness of these fish, their level, um, is far more intense. So they're far easier to catch this time of year. So if uh, if you're that guy looking for that bite, you know, we have about a week to, to two weeks of that bite where these big Lakers are still super shallow. And I don't really, you know, people get out there and take advantage of this. If you approach a water looking for a lake trout like you would a walleye, it's almost the exact same type stuff. Looking for you know flats, looking for contour changes, fish at the top of that contour. If you treat a lake trout like a walleye, you will be into fish immediately, and you'll have success on those fish. Well, I'll tell you the biggest lake trout I caught in Colorado. I've caught bigger ones in some other lakes, but biggest one in Colorado came in nine feet of water, and I did it on a jigging spoon. And so, and, and they were up there eating trout because the trout are shallow. Those lake trout are eating. I want to take one or two minutes, though, because I want to ask you about one other kind of fishing that we hardly ever cover on the show. But it's happening right now, and it's for the fly fishermen. Now, we talk in the spring about crappie fishing. They move up into the brush, and they're getting ready to spawn. They're pre-spawn. They're staging. Sometimes it's hard for people to cast something up in that brush and make a presentation. If you're a fairly a good, a decent fly caster, this is a great time to go into a lake where you can wade out and then cast back to the bushes with a fly rod, a floating fly line with a short leader, and let that leader hang right by the brush and catch crappies. Absolutely, Terry. Right now, when all that, when all the pan fishing, we're getting some perch up shallow. We're getting some sunfish up shallow. We're getting some crappie up shallow. Um, all these fish are in that shallow water exchange, uh, indefinitely. So the fly rod in there, and you can do a roll cast. A lot of times, it's almost easier to present a fly into some of those situations than it is even using you know conventional tackle. Um, so that's a ball. And I think the other big thing that we're missing is the carp on a fly rod. Everybody talks about you know the Rocky Mountain bonefish or you know the freshwater bonefish, but carp are spawning in almost all of our front range lakes and ponds right now you want to go out there you know put a crowd identification on put on a white woolly bugger they're not that uh they're not that picky this time of year why do big carp are in there spawn and lay a fly right in front of them they'll grab that fly and you're talking about one of the funnest bites of the absolute year so big carp on a fly rod right now when they're spawning right now when they're easy to approach um it's another bite that uh that definitely should be had here in the coming weeks all right, Nate, we got to go. But tell Vaughn that you and him should have been out at Bar Lake practicing for the tournament. We but, probably uh, should have been. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, any last time? Good old Lake Trout got her interest for sure. Tell everybody, uh, if you go find Nate Zelinski on, uh, on Instagram, you'll see some of these Lakers that we're catching right now. Uh, you'll be pretty impressed with them. All right, thanks, Nate. We'll talk to you soon, Terry. All right. Nate, you can always find him on Tightline Outdoors or Nate Zielinski out uh, on Facebook and Tightline Outdoors on Facebook. Always a great contributor. Terry Wickstrom Outdoors is brought to you in part by Honey Smoked Fish Company, Smoked Salmon. The secret is in the fire. Terry Wickstrom Outdoors is brought to you in part by Sun Power Sports. Colorado's largest ATV and motorcycle dealer. And by the way, if you have any interest in Harley Davidson at all, Sun Power Sports, Sun Harley has the Harley truck there with every uh, every 2018 model Harley available for a demo ride and special financing. So you might want to stop by there today and take advantage of that. And if you're in this area, because we're not very far, I'm broadcasting live from Pioneer Landscape Center in North Glen. It's at the 11010 Irma Drive, but just Google Power, Pioneer Landscape at North Glen. 
be here for another half hour broadcasting, and you can sign up for uh, Dave Matthews tickets, and we've got some uh, fan swag and things like that that you can get here. But they've got all kinds of stuff going on here, including uh, they've got a taco truck here. They've got face painting for the kids. I forgot to ask Nate Zielinski if we could paint his face with camouflage. So we'll see about that. And there's, um, you can come by and see us. You can register for $150 prepaid visa. There's just a lot of reasons. But come on by and say hi. I'm going to be off the air at uh, 12 o'clock. I'll stick around for a little bit. I'd love to say hi to anybody that comes by. And you got to see this marketplace where they have all the little, they have a miniature setup of all the different materials they use for landscaping and different setups. And it's just the perfect place for a do-it-yourselfer to come browse and get some ideas. And it's, it, I'm, I'm impressed. It's really fantastic. But let's go right to the phones now. Joining us, one of our favorite people. He's from Larimer County Parks. Um, you've heard him on this show many times, and that's Mark Coughlin. Good morning, Mark. Hi, good morning, Terry. How are you? It's a little bit of a dreary day, but uh, probably gives you a chance to take a breath. Yeah, we don't mind the moisture. You know, we had a fairly dry spring and up until recently, so we'll take all the moisture we could get to help us get through the summer months. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, anything that wets the outdoors, because we know the snowpack. We, you know, we're fortunate we started the reservoirs with quite a bit of water. And we're going to, uh, and we're getting moisture now, so that's going to help. But once the farmers have to really start pulling, that can pull down. While we're talking about that, Mark, what are the water levels like at the Larimer County Lakes? You know, Carter Lake will be close to full this this summer, um, starting out the year. You know, we're just getting filled up right now. Um, Carter Lake is is, is or about at full capacity. And then Horsetooth Reservoir always gets, gets filled up later in the spring, during May and through June. So, you know, both reservoirs will have fairly good water. Um, Levels this year um, at or above average um, for this time of year. So we look we will look pretty good going into the summer. You know, a lot of it depends on how hot and dry it gets. Like you said, the the farmers always start pulling water sometime that second week of July is when we start seeing the big draws start for the summer months. And that can really not make the fishing bad, but change the fishing. And in fact, I wanted we want to talk about boat ramps and openings and inspections. But before we even get to that. How is the fishing? It's been evolving at all your parks. Let's kind of go through. Let's start with Horsetooth. Um, what are you seeing out there in Horsetooth right now? You know, right now we're, we're in very good times for fishing, uh, both at Horsetooth Reservoir and Carter Lake. Horsetooth Reservoir is just seeing phenomenal, just absolutely phenomenal smallmouth fishing. Um, you know, 50, 60, 70 fish days are not uncommon for a boat uh, right now. Probably, probably stay that way all the way through June. Quite honestly, it's so good. I really don't want to talk about it anymore because you know people are finding out about it. It's just—it's really a phenomenal smallmouth fishery. We're seeing a lot of fish come out in that 18, 17, 19 inch range now, um, and a lot of fish, a lot of the big fish we're catching now, just on average, are 15 to 18 inches. So we're seeing really good numbers and size of smallmouth. Um, walleye fishing still pretty good. Um, you know, spring was a little bit slow. Right after uh, the post spawn, we saw some big fish come out, and it kind of slowed down a little bit. I think we'll see that pick up. You know, the water temperatures are getting up to about the 60-degree mark. They were last week with all the, all the warm weather we have. So that's still helping as well. The smallmouth bass should be on beds here soon. Um, we ask the people that are, out, that are out smallmouth bass fishing this time of year when water temperatures are, are about that mid-50s to low-60 range when the bass are spawning, not to beat them up too bad and to return those fish to the water. And, of course, that evening um, bite for a walleye should start picking up here the first week of June. And I'll just make a comment that later in the summer after the spawn, that smallmouth bass fishing isn't going to let up. Last time Karen and I were on Horsetooth uh, was last uh, late summer last year. We caught more smallmouth over 17 inches than we did under 15. 
you know, that's so, not uncommon. Um, we just really, you know, the state. Carl really? Pistola. I thought I was special. <laughs> yeah, sorry to, to bruise your ego there. Uh, but even guys like me who hurt her, an amateur fisherman at best, go out there and uh, have a decent day on the water. You know, certainly um, having a boat helps. It's one of those difficult reservoirs where not that the fishing for sure is bad, but um, certainly a boat gives you better advantages and more access to water. Now, what's going on at Carter Lake? You know, Carter Lake's still pretty good um, for, you know, catchable size rainbow trout and, and walleyes. It's still one of the, I think, best fisheries in the state for big walleyes, um, especially in the springtime going into the early summer months. And then, of course, uh, there's, you mentioned the trout, and Carter is stocked fairly heavily with trout in where horse tooth is, gets rarely stocked. Is that right? It's true. You know, the reservoirs like Carter Lake, Flatiron, Pinewood are conducive to, to rainbow trout. That's a primary species of fish in those reservoirs. Or horse tooth reservoir, you know, you, you, can't, you can't be everything to everybody. Um, you know, so you got to really focus on what you want that reservoir to be. And right now, horse tooth reservoir is a very, very good smallmouth bass fishery and a very good walleye fishery. And that's really what they're focusing on. You know, we really haven't seen stocks in several years of, of rainbows because that's not really where they're putting those efforts. But, you know, I, I, we have to mention, too, that there's a great population of handfish and horse tooth, too. And, and they really can supplement the other fishing, especially from shore. You know, we saw that rise come up about, about five years ago. We've had above average high water levels the last five, six years. We're at, we're at the high water capacity where, that, where the shrubs are, where those fish, the panfish, like you said, the, whether it be um, bluegill or um, yellow perch, where they, they take advantage of those higher brush and, and have a better spawn. So that natural recruitment of those fish has been very good in the last several years, and we're seeing those populations anywhere in the coves along the west side of Horse Tooth Reservoir. If you just want to go catch panfish, um, it's just absolutely fantastic right now. And that's real talk, quick talk about um, flat irons and pine wood. Um, what are you seeing out of those waters? You know, those are put-and-take reservoirs. Um, so we're seeing a, quite a few rainbow trout coming out. Um, last year, flat iron reservoir was down, so it, it missed that stocking cycle, but it's back up now. Pinewood reservoir um, is good. Also, there's tiger muskie in there as well. There's, um, there's several large fish over there, over 40 inches in that, in that reservoir. So if you're looking for some kind of fun and different challenging fishing um as you know you fished it before for tiger muskies it's not a bad reservoir to go try and hit up oh i i caught a 20 pound plus tiger there it was well over 40 inches it was it's quite an experience now i was geared up because i was going after him but a lot of people are fishing trout when they hook up and they'll light you up a little bit mark before we let you go we need to switch gears and i've gotten a lot of requests to try to understand what's going on at the boat ramps and what kind of hours so can you take us through as of now, what are the hours at your boat ramps, and, and maybe a little bit of why? So by and large, at, at, at Carter Lake and Horsetooth, our main, our main areas, the north ramp at uh, Carter Lake and the south ramp at Carter Lake, and then Inlet Bay Marina and South Bay at Carter Lake, or at Horsetooth Reservoir, you know, our hours now and through the end of summer are going to be from 6 a.m. till 10 p.m. Um, the North Pines ramp and the, at Carter and the Satanka ramp up at Horsetooth Reservoir, the hours are going to start switching from Thursday to Sunday from 6 a.m. to 10 p.m. You know, some of those changes, you know, the state, as you know, is, is having budget issues along with uh, every other agent, governmental agency. So, you know, the whole statewide program for the ANS is about, is about $5 million at the end of the day. You know, that doesn't cover all the water. So, and that, and you've, you've gone through this a lot on your show about how the, how the funding mechanisms have changed for the ANS program. 
Um, at, in Larimer County, we do not we do not own the reservoirs. We're simply a managing partner for recreation. That's owned by the those reservoirs are owned by the Bureau of Reclamation and in partnership with Northern Colorado Water, Water Conservancy District that actually you know actually moves the moves the flows of water, works with the shareholders to make sure those farmers and cities get their water. So we're kind of a small, small player um, in this whole process. And we were, you know, we were, as this ANS inspections get, get more refined, um, we were told by the Bureau of Reclamation that we will, when we don't have an ANS inspector present, um, those gates on all of our reservoirs have to be locked. And so the change is you used to be able to get off our reservoirs. after. 10, if you got on the reservoir before 10 p.m. at night, you could stay out there, and then the, then the gate would just have a chain with a clip on it where you could, where you could exit. Um, that is no longer um, a possibility for us because, like I said, the Bureau of Reclamation has uh, made it very clear that we're supposed to lock those gates when there's not an inspector present. And we just can't afford to staff inspectors 24 hours a day on our reservoirs. Now, as of right now, if I wanted to fish after 10, I could go out, but I wouldn't be able to get my boat off till morning. Is that right? That's right. You would have to find a place to, to moor that or tie that to shore, then come back in the morning and get your boat. Which, if you're camping, would work out. I mean, if you want to do some night fishing, you could do some camping there. Now, I understand that this is going on throughout the state. I want to make just a little editorial comment because I know there's a lot of heat to a lot of agencies around the state right now. And I'm concerned about the 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 inspection process and where it's going to take us over the next few years. We were fortunate that a funding bill passed, but it doesn't cover the, the whole cost. So I've talked to Bob Broshide, who's been very transparent with me and telling me that, that they're working very hard to try to get um, general funds to supplement that. And maybe some of this oil money will come back and they're very optimistic. They're going to get enough funding to make this work, but that doesn't kick in until next year. In addition, because what you mentioned, the, the, the waters are owned and managed by either water providers or Bureau of Land Management or the Forest Service or a combination of those people. And their first responsibility is to the, provide the water to the people that it's used for and to make sure that we don't get inf infestations. And I think we're still finding out how to do that. I mean, we're still finding out what works best. We've been very lucky in Colorado. We've had very little infestation and it's working. But I think the water people have, uh, over the last couple of years, have been a little bit more panicky, a little bit. Uh, and so they're requiring, even on lakes that never had inspectors at all, they're not letting people. Granby's a great example of this. You can't get on and off there without an inspection. So there's more demand on the resources. As the next few years go on, as we sort this out, we're going to see changes to the regulations on how you get on waters, we hope, and more funding available. But the parks department themselves, Larimer County Parks, Aurora Reservoir, all these people have very limited and say and only limited funds and when they can put inspectors, right? You know, I, I completely understand. You're right, and I completely understand where all the water users and owners are coming from. It's it's a uh, it's a gamble on their part. I mean, it's a pretty simple fix. If you do not want to get um, ANS species in your reservoirs, um, you know, the main vector for transporting that is is watercraft. And so, I understand their their concern because it's a huge cost to to fix that problem. If it's even fixable, if you have an infestation in your reservoir somewhere in Colorado to to get those out of there, so I completely understand. Just for example, just the cost to run the ANS program in Larimer County is $450,000 a year. And thankfully, we have three contributing partners. We have um, Parks and Wildlife is one, um, and also Northern Colorado, um, the Water Conservancy District, um, is a helpful partner. And then Larimer County, so between the three of us, we, we, pay, we make up that funding. And that really gets us just to the limited hours that we, that we talked about. 
Now, I've got to let you go. We're out of time, Mark. I know you are exploring. They probably won't happen this year, but you are exploring some ways that you may be able to get, because Horsetooth is a popular night fishing destination for walleyes, and you are exploring some options. I know you can't announce anything yet, but um, are you working in those to those means? Yeah, Terry, as you know, I, I do fish quite a bit. I fish at night a lot for walleyes. I enjoy eating walleyes and catching them. I, I understand as much as anybody what it means not to be able to night fish at, at Carter or at Horsetooth Reservoir and Carter Lake for walleye. So we are, you know, we're in the business of keeping our reservoirs open, so we're trying to work on different ways, different structures that we could put in that would allow some egress off the reservoirs after 10 o'clock at night once inspectors are gone. So we are working on that. You're right. All right. Well, keep us appraised. If there's any changes, let us know, and we'll try to keep people in the loop. And at least we want to make sure they understand the hours so nobody gets inconvenienced, Mark. You bet. And the, the best way to keep track of our hours is go to our website, lerma.org slash natural resources. And our quick link there on our homepage, we have a button for boating access. So just, just click on that, and that'll give you the most up-to-date hours. All right. Thank you, Mark. Great. Thank you, Terry. Mark Coughlin. Terry Wickstrom Outdoors is brought to you in part by Honey Smoked Fish Company, Smoked Salmon. The secret is in the fire. Terry Wickstrom Outdoors is brought to you in part by Sun Power Sports, Colorado's largest ATV and motorcycle dealer. And we're going to go right to the phones because we're running a little behind. And joining us, one of our favorite people, because he's going to take me bass fishing, J.R. Pierce from Colorado Clays. Good morning, Terry. And by the way, if you saw the weather, those bass will still be in that lake when the sun is shining. That's right. I'm getting more and more to be a fair weather guy. Used to be I'd fish in anything, but, you know. I hear you. Well, you know what's really cool? We've got a group of over 100 on our Sporting Clays course. These people are here for a fundraiser for a great cause, and they are having the time of their life. So it's really good to see them doing so. You guys do so much of that, JR, where you have these fundraisers. What a great place to do it and a great way to enjoy an outing and do it for a good cause. Um, go ahead and put the cause out there. We're okay with that. Well, this one today is Life Choices. It's a, uh, it's a fundraiser for uh, a group that looks out for uh, people that need it. I don't know how to go into the long and short of it, but uh, always a great cause, and everybody showed up to support them. That's great. And you do the 4-H, you do uh, just so many, many causes. It's a great place to do a fundraiser or any kind of get-together. But we have to talk because you have an event coming up. We had Nate Zolinskian earlier, and him and Vaughn from Bass Pro, I know are going to fish as a team, if I'm not mistaken. And they were out fishing lake trout instead of practicing. So I think the guys out there are going to get a real edge on those two. Well, yep, and uh, that might have been a big mistake on their part because we've got some uh, folks in this tournament um, that are going to give it everything they got. But, you know, on that note, Terry, uh, this is one of my favorite uh, events we do here, and it's because it does combine you know, two of my favorite things, which is fishing and shooting into one great day. And on that note, we only have four spots left. Um, uh, we're, we have to top the event at 25 teams. We only have four team spots left. So, Terry, this thing is open to anyone, um, and with the fantastic sponsors we have, everyone has a chance to win. But let me kind of go over the the format. So we're going to start in the morning. We're going to be fishing at Bar Lake from 7 to 11 a.m. 
Um, we'll get there early. We'll get everybody's boat checked in, and we'll start the tournament at 7 o'clock. Uh, that's basically we're going to go out there and try and catch any game fish you can. Um, we have a 15-inch limit on the wipers. they got to be at least 15. And you have to be within your state limits and stuff, but get as many game fish as you can. Um, we're going to come to Colorado Clays after that. We are going to have a uh, beef tenderloin steak lunch cooked by a master chef from downtown. So that's going to be an amazing lunch. And then, of course, uh, we're going to do the, the the sporting clays on Colorado Clays' beautiful sporting clays course. The way it is scored is uh, one point per inch on your fish and one point per broken target in the afternoon. Um, each team member shoots 50 targets on the sporting clays for 100 targets there and all the fish you can catch. That's how we do the scoring. And Terry, I want, I want to make a note that this is uh, really an amazing opportunity, not just for the hardcore fishermen or people that shoot. Um, this is really about family and friends. And now that you mentioned Bass Pro Shops, I think I should... Uh, Go ahead and get it out there that Bass Pro Shops is one of our great sponsors, and they have created two categories in this event that promote family um, and really just getting everyone in the outdoors. The first one is a parent or grandparent category. So if you're a dad with a child 17 or under or a grandparent, uh, they are going to donate prizes specifically to that category. And then also starting this year, a special Bass Pro Shops co-eds in the outdoors category. So if uh, you're a guy and have a gal, whether it's your wife, your girlfriend, your sister, or vice versa, um, we're going to have a special category just for that. And uh, I'll tell you, somebody who really appreciates um, family and friends is Bass Pro Shops. And Terry also on the sponsor list. I mean, Michelle at Bar Lake, we couldn't do this without her. Um, maintains that park, does such a great job. TransWest Buick GMC. Uh, they throw out that big money so we can give out great prizes with their generous donation. And, of course, you just brought up Nate, Tightline Outdoors, Nate Zielinski. Uh Nate always brings something to the table. This year, for the first time, he is actually going to be donating time on the water as a prize, um, and we don't know where it's going to come. It could be a door prize. It could be a category. So that's going to be a fun one to see. And then, of course, Terry, Terry Wickstrom Outdoors. I appreciate all your uh, promotion. Well, you know, I, I did have one comment about Nate's. I heard that first place was a trip with Nate, and that last place was two trips with Nate. <laughs> like you say, no, it's a secret. I, I'll tell you what, a trip on the water with him is just, it's unbelievable. You'll just catch fish, and it's awesome. You know, you mentioned one thing, and we're going to run out of time. I want to make sure I talk about it, and that's the parent-child, the co-ed thing. I wrote several articles in my column in the Denver Post about there's no better way to create bonding and memories between friends and family and outdoor activities. That includes fishing, hunting, shooting, camping. You just, nothing parallels it for what, for you get away from the trappings of life and the camaraderie it creates. And it's just a very, very special time. And anybody who wants to get those last, well, first of all, if those last four spots, how does somebody sign up? Uh, just give us a call here at Colorado Clays, um, or just go to the website, send me an email, and we'll get you going. Now, real quick, tell people if they don't want to do the event, they just want to come out, whether it's single or a family, what do you have at Colorado Clays? Give us a Reader's Digest version. 
Okay, Terry. Well, like I say, I think I should start by saying, since we're on the topic, that Colorado Clays is a local family-owned business. So I don't think anyone understands or appreciates the value of family, friends, business relationships as they relate to the outdoors and activities, you know, such as shooting, uh, no better than this amazing group of people at Colorado Clays. And uh, there's no doubt, Terry, that we're the perfect place for the very experienced or expert-type shooter to practice. But most of our business is people who just want to have a great time and really the opportunity to shoot their guns in a safe, friendly, comfortable environment with their friends and family. So, you know, for example, we do have uh, those seven ATA traps. Those work great. Uh, We can line people up as, you know, five people wide, and they can have a field to themselves and enjoy a day of trap shooting. Uh, that dedicated training trap for the beginners and lessons off to yourself with a you know a skill appropriate target nothing better our skeet fields boy them skeet shooters love them down there in the trees those wobble traps uh, the guys come to get ready for pheasants and then of course our sporting clays is one of the premier courses in the state Uh, everybody gets in on that from you know families and friends to big corporate events like we're doing today fundraising razors, you name it. And of course, I can't forget uh, so many people with those home defense pistols or just enjoy pistol shooting. Our state-of-the-art range accommodates them. And the rifle range, um, that uh, camera on your target and a monitor in your bay makes that sight in absolutely uh, painless for the big game hunter or just the recreational shooter. All right, JR, we got to run, but we will let you go and we will talk to you in a couple weeks. Thank you so much, Terry. You bet. That's JR from uh, Colorado Clays. Before we go to break, I want to mention Honey Smoked Fish Company again. Honey Smoked Fish Company, of course, is a presenting sponsor of the show. And if you haven't tried their smoked salmon, it is just unbelievable. You need to try some. It's just the taste, the different flavors. The, you use it as an ingredient. It's not like the smoked salmon you're used to. It's really just a superfood. It's moist. It's lightly smoked. It tastes more like fresh salmon, and it's unbelievably good. Try one package. Tell you what, after the break, we're going to do our trivia. You might get a chance to win $99 worth of honey smoked salmon right here on Terry Wickstrom Outdoors. Terry Wickstrom Outdoors is brought to you in part by Honey Smoked Fish Company Smoked Salmon. The secret is in the fire. Terry Wickstrom Outdoors is brought to you in part by Sun Power Sports, Colorado's largest ATV and motorcycle dealer. And we've been teasing that we're going to do our trivia. If you've been following us on Facebook, you'd know that Karen Post's are our tidbits of 20 years of Terry Wickstrom Outdoors and radio trivia. And we want to kind of do today's trivia to be a a a testament to recently passed away Lefty Cray, one of the most legendary fly fishermen in the world, and a good friend of his and another Hall of Fame fly fisherman, Bob Clouser. Lefty and Bob both appeared on the show at the same time one time, and Lefty teased Bob about something. The first one to text 303-713-1043 and tell us what Lefty was teasing Bob about will win the $99 Honey Smoke package. It'll be delivered right to their door, cold, the ready to eat. And uh, so what was Lefty teasing Bob about? Hey, before we move on to close the show, we are broadcasting live here from uh, from Pioneer Landscaping Center at on Irma Drive in North Glen. And uh, unfortunately, Karen, my better half and my boss and producer, has been looking around and 
Karen, I'm impressed with this marketplace. It's really great, and especially because it's just so easy to just walk around and shop and browse, and everything's right there in front of you. Yeah, they took, you know, where you're used to Pioneer having these huge piles of rock and these big piles of different dirts and mulch and things. And, you, you know, and it was you almost had to go in around the trucks and stuff. Well, now they created this marketplace where they have their, they have their own pavers down as blocks. They have fireplaces. They and have fountains. They have benches, you know, and then they have the... The setup's right behind us where they can show actually how you can do your own ponds with waterfalls and fish in them. And then if you want the different materials, they have small bins of every material. You say, oh, I'd like to put that. Instead of trying to visualize a pile, they have it right out there on their paving. And you take that card in. Now, I'm going to confess something here that people probably suspect anyway. And first of all, we have an extremely beautiful yard. Second of all, I have absolutely no reason to take credit for any of that. The lady next to me, she plans it. She gets it done. If she has to hire somebody, occasionally she finds a project for me. But, you know, I have to be on assignment like I'm going to be next week fishing. So it's difficult for me to do these things. But as somebody who's a do-it-yourselfer who shops for your own landscaping materials, how impressive was this? I thought it was great. It would have been just so much easier in the past when we were doing a lot of our patio stuff to be able to just walk through there and just get ideas and have everything right there in front of you. You can just say, I want that, 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 and that. Well, and I want to talk from, um, and not that, I, I want to say a woman's perspective, but that's Watch hard. It. Yeah, I know it's hard <laughs> for me to say that because you get out and get your hands dirty more than I do. Mm-hmm. But a lot of, um, well, yeah, and men too that aren't used to doing landscaping kind of work are intimidated walking around these big piles. Or then once I pick it out, how do I get it here? Well, you for you, from a, if you were in a less hands-on, let's say, and you were walking around looking for um, some kind of a, what, rock or dirt or mulch or, or tiles, then you pick the card and come in here. How, and it's in a nice enclosed, not enclosed, but a nice compact area. How, does that, how would that affect you as a shopper? It'd be so much easier to be able to handle things and to figure things out. And then as we're sitting here looking, they've got a lot of how-to information up on their walls and different stuff as far as like the different blades you need for cutting different things and pamphlets of how to do it yourself. So that makes it that much easier. And they've got the little canopies out there. So even in the weather and the sun, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's just comfortable to be out there walking around and picking things out. Well, the biggest reason I brought you out of there and got you on the air, cause it looked like you were about to get a project for me. Oh, there's always a project. Yeah. Well, I'm going to wind down the show now. So can you cut her mic off before she puts me to work somewhere? But anyway, we are, we, I, you know, we're going to be done broadcasting here in about three, four minutes. But I'll hang around for a little while if you want to come by and say hi. There's lots of reasons to come by here at Pioneer Landscape Center, though. There is uh, they've, the, the area Karen explained to you. But today they've got a taco truck out here from Teal Tacos. They're giving away a chance to register for a $150 Visa Rewards card. They've got face painting going on. And they've got personnel out here that love the outdoors you can come out talk fishing and hunting right to see they're nodding that's all right you don't need just come kick the tires and take a look come say hi to me but there's lots going on and all the pioneer landscaping centers by the way are celebrating their 50th anniversary so there's great things going on all of them i want to thank them for hosting us today i'm not going to thank them for creating all these ideas where 
where Karen's going to have me trying to work. But speaking of that, I will actually be on assignment. Karen will be with me. We're going to be in Minnesota next week. Ronnie Castiglione will be doing the show next week while I'm on Minnesota. Hard work researching these places for all you listeners. It's okay. I don't mind doing it. It's just my calling. It's the sacrifices I make to have to go and do that. But Ronnie will be filling in. Then I'll be back, of course, the week after that again. Uh, Tune in every Saturday. And, you know, did we get an answer on our trivia, Kyle? He didn't answer me. Okay, we did. So I'm going to tell you what the answer to the trivia is. If you'd have been following us on Facebook, you'd have known that Lefty Cray and Bob Clouser were on the show at the same time. And in Terry's Tidbits of Trivia, Karen posted, Lefty asked Bob, he goes, Bob, do you watch your your backcast while you're casting? And Bob said no, and Lefty said good. I wouldn't want to look at it either. So he was teasing Bob about his backcast or his casting. So I don't know who the winner is yet. They'll be contacted. I'm on remote, but Kyle will get that to us, and Karen will contact you. It was who? His name is Josh. Okay, so all right, so we know that. So we somebody got it. You would have known that answer if you were following Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on Facebook. Follow us on Facebook where anytime we're going to have a trivia, it'll be posted on our Facebook the week before, within a couple weeks before. Um, my Denver Post article gets gets posted there. If we're on location, it gets posted on Facebook. All kinds of reasons to follow us. The fishing report is up there every week. If I'm out in the field, we give you up-to-date reports. We tell you for having a special guest. So follow us on Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on Facebook. And make sure you tune in every Saturday from 10 to 12 until Broncos training camp, and then it'll be 9 to 11. And if you miss, don't forget, almost everything on this show is podcast. You can go back and listen to it if you miss it. So if you miss it in the first place, you can go back and uh, listen to it over or listen to it for the first time by just going to 1043thefan.com. Go to the menu and go to Terry Wickstrom Outdoors. We're wrapping it up. I'll hang around here at Pioneer Landscape for a little while. If you want to stop by and say hi, we'll let the Eagles take us to the top of the hour on 104.3 The Fan with more sports. I had to stop.